Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Naked Tech Podcast. It's a show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all about smashing those flags. I'm your friend Jeff Kim. My name is Calvin Lee, and this episode is all about me picking apples. Uh, picking apple, yes. Out in Bilpin, I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I definitely, sorry, I definitely stuffed up that intro. We're going to keep it though, I think, because I can't be bothered replaying it. My cat, my cat went at the start of it and I, I didn't the adjust the volume. Perfect, okay. good, good on Felicia. Great timing. And she I can't even hear the music the and, she could, and she could chime in. Uh, it's amazing. Yes. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Bit, bit rusty. Just feeling a little yeah. bit. Just a feeling a bit, I don't know. Yeah, just, What's the word? Just get it out. Just, just, get, just it get it out. out. Let's get it out. Check it all about. Yeah. Do the hooky so, um, yeah. Went to mm. went to Bilpin, you know, with the kids on the weekend. Went to pick some apples. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are wow. recording uh, an episode about Apple. So This is what I, I call dedication for the podcast, Kelvin. You just uh, mm-hmm. did some extra, extra research on Apple by picking You can apples. actually eat too many apples, I found out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, let me, mm, just just to back up on that, I'm thinking lots of pink ladies. Oh, yeah, look, look, my kid's four years old. Mm. Uh, she, she, you know, she loves the whole pink lady concept because it's pink. And uh, yeah, it was all pink ladies. It's 50% of her spelling abilities. Is that correct? Yes, that is right. Pink and the word and. And now Apple. Apple. Um, okay, well... Speaking of, speaking of, we've had a couple of weeks of uh, Apple-a-thon. Um, mm-hmm. I think we'd like to, yeah, with these Apple events, you know, rather than just coming out the day later and talking about all those, you know, product launches, Tim Cook stuff, you know, we'd like to like let it, let it settle a little bit and see what comes out of it. What, what, you know, you, you shake, shake things up. People are, you know, tearing things apart. Um, yeah, so I think that's where we're at, Kelvin. Yeah, I think the first like you know ten twenty videos you see on YouTube are people talking about the event rather than actually having the product in hand. And now it's been what a good two three weeks now. People have played with all the things they've seen at the event, and they can tell us what they really think. And here we are. We're gonna go through a lot of that, and we're gonna tell you things that we may or may not buy, and uh, what we think about everything. All right, so I'm not really sure where to start with this one. Um, let's just uh, maybe uh, talk about the highlights or the announcements, the big ones, uh, what we call Apple's spring-loaded event, um, iPad Pro, mm-hmm. um, M1 chip on an iPad Pro. What do we think about that? The, the, the iPad for me has never been about power. Have you ever, I mean, when was the last time you got a brand new iPad, you know, you're, you're playing a game or you're watching videos or you're calling your mom and you, and you, and you thought to yourself, you know what, I need more juice. I need more power here. So I, I wonder what's going to come for the iPad Pro. Like, do you think that developers will start building apps that are more resource hungry to do more things? Do you think that's where this is going? I mean, potentially, like, depends on your use case. If you're part of the creative community, then absolutely. Like, um, it's going to push a lot more processing throughput with your all your illustrations, uh, video editing, whatnot, even audio editing. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to that in a second. But, um, 
even even yeah even recording audio even being able to record and stream at the same time perhaps all those multitasking goodness so we can explore that in a second but um yeah i mean you probably make a good point like you know maybe once upon a time you know if, even the early adopters of the world and apple fanboys would get ipads you know every year as they release but that's less of a thing these days like even even the um i don't know who's who are the guys in, on the verge um nilai and the other dude with the glasses yeah <laughs> um <Okay>. dita <laughs> they're, they're not even getting ipads every year so if they're not you know I don't think many people are. Um, I mean, I've got a, my situation is an iPad Pro, which is the second generation of that. So it still has the uh, the fingerprint. Oh, does it have the fingerprint? Wait, it does, doesn't it? Yes, it does have the fingerprint. It does, it does, it does. It's, it's not yeah, the full body one um, and the face ID. But, um, you know, I, I still do some work on that. I, I like the, uh, the first generation Apple Pencil. I like to use that for a little bit of work, drawing concepts, bit of whiteboarding. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it still does a job, but like I think if, if you're actually prepared to replace some of the other Apple product lines with this one device, is it is it a is it a tablet? Is it a laptop? Is it a I don't know, like a plaything? Those those lines are sort of being blurred right now. Yeah, and I, I, it's going to get even blurrier um but it comes down to your use case um and we've been talking about this before uh we start recording the show about whether you could use an ipad to record the show um and there's going to be limitations um we do a fair bit with audio manipulation in terms of using skype or recording via that and then we're using obs on my end to record that and push that to twitch and then later i do that on youtube and you're playing clips through you know uh, a piece of software on the mac that does all that audio routing for you so i don't think the ipad pro can do a lot of that multitasking a lot of that audio manipulation because it is just not that kind of machine and you know, if, if someone were to come to me and go, hey, I need a computer, I'm always going to recommend the M1 Mac over the iPad Pro um, because you get to do so much more on the, the M1 Mac. So it really depends on what you want to use it for. If you are a artist, a graphics designer, you like the Apple Pencil and, you know, you like that portability, then for sure get the iPad Pro. I think the question is, yeah, can can that replace your sort of the older MacBooks, definitely your iMacs, because um, my situation is that I have a 2012 iMac, which I'm actually using right now to record this podcast. I, I call it my podcast machine. It's, it's a single-use uh, machine right now for me. Um, so, okay, maybe that's a good segue to introduce the, the new iMacs, also running M1s. These come in seven different colors. Um, sort of going back to the original IMAX with that big LCD, I don't know what, what do you call that? LCD? What, what do you, uh, the big TV flat. technology from the eighties. <laughs> Not so flat. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge, right? I mean, the screen yeah. now, uh, you get a lot more because everything's just so thin. Um, look at them doing this little dance here on, uh, on the website. Um, it always concerns me when Apple follows, when Apple focuses so much on color, 
Mm -hmm. I feel like they're trying to take your attention away from the lack of, in this case, innovation, really. Um, Ooh, harsh, you know, but fair. Yeah, because this is still this the same M1 chip uh, in the in the MacBook and the MacBook Pro, and now the iPad Pro, and now they put it in you know the biggest device uh, in their lineup, but no real change to the form factor. Uh, don't get me wrong, though; it's a beautiful device. Like you know, if you put this at any design studio or the front desk of any company, it would look really nice. They up the webcam to 1080p, which took them, you know, it's 10 years too late, if you ask me. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, processing uh, that happens in the background, and that's very unique to just, um, you know, the Apple Mac. Mm -hmm. But does anything here really stand out hardware-wise besides the color? Not really. Well, I think it's your sort of family PC, right? Just something that's sort of maybe in the living room. Um, it's not your primary device, but something, something for the family. Um, perhaps like for me, it might be a, a single use thing as well. So, you know, iMac is a, a definite option for me as well. Um, would, would I use it for more than using podcasts? Possibly. Um, I am like, I did buy a, uh, another microphone. So this right now, this red one on the screen, this is a uh, Blue Yeti, which is probably like about 10 years old now, I think. But it's still, you know, the standard. Um, it's quite big. It's not so portable. So I did invest in a, a new Rode microphone, uh, the NT Mini, I believe it's called. I'm going to pick that up uh, probably tomorrow from the shops. But um, yeah, like I, I guess I'm looking for a way to record in other places. Um, yeah, so that's why I did that. So I feel like if I got an iMac as well, that kind of like defeats the purpose for that, right? So yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the the MacBook, uh, the M2 or M1X MacBooks may may be announced. Uh, I think in the when's the next announcement? I think uh, at WWDC, which is probably June. June, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I think everyone's waiting for that. I know I have a lot of colleagues who are waiting for that before they replace their Intel-based uh, MacBook Pros um, with that um, because, you know, the, the Intel ones are starting to show their age and everyone's ooing and eyeing over the M1 processor, so they can't wait. Um, I, I, I like how you mentioned that use case around this being the family computer because one of the demos in the event was that the camera can now follow you um and the demo that they had was there was this dad i think doing some cooking while you know doing some video conferencing and they were moving around and was following them so they expect this computer to be sitting on the kitchen bench somehow you know people can move it around like you know and and use it it's it's a very weird proposition it is it is kind of like a giant ipad isn't it it was just, giant just from the ipad yeah yeah with with a fixed stand that you can't take off. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's less likely that I'll get the iMac. Um, but I think, you know, like, uh, say if my parents were for some reason, you know, in an Apple ecosystem, then I might think about it. They're definitely not, uh, right now, but, um, I think, you know, affordable, uh, uh well, price pricing wise, um, if we just sort of touch on that for a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, curiously, the Mac, sorry, the iPad Pros are priced cheaper than these iMacs. Does that make sense to you? 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, just in terms of cost of manufacturing, I mean, these obviously these IMAX will cost a lot more um, because there's just less supply for you know LCD panels, and you know, there's more demand for iPads, um, so they're going to make more money off the iPads um, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a, a lot of people have spoken about this. You wouldn't get the base model iMac because it's got almost no USB ports. It's only got two Thunderbolt USB ports. Um, and that's it. Uh, so definitely get the, you know, the mid-tier one at $300 more where you get more uh, connectivity um, and you get the gigabit Ethernet um, that comes on the power brick. Um, and you get one more GPU core. So please, if you're thinking of getting an iMac, get at least the um, the middle one, uh, the middle of the range one, because that base one is bare. Yeah, so that's going to set you back $2,200 Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do get seven colors. I don't know. If you went for a color, what would you go for, Kelvin? I really like this this orange. Um, yeah, I really like this. Wait, this orange. This orange. Yeah, I like the orange. Mm. I'm going to have to go red. I think the red this looks one, hot. Yes. Especially from the back. Maybe not so much it's called, from the front. It's called pink, Jeff, on the Apple pink website. from the you know? front. Oh, Okay. No, it's dual tone. Well, it's pink on the maybe, front and deep red at the back. Maybe one for your eldest, Kelvin. <laughs> I'm not getting my four-year-old a $2,200 computer, okay? Not going to happen. Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't tell her. She okay. gets my hand-me-downs. That's about it. Now, um, with those two devices, before we move on, they, they uh, I guess the, the M1 chip is the hero for that. So, yep, there's a little bit of, I mean, the chassis of... Obviously, the iMac is a new thing, but iPad, I think it's slightly thicker, if anything. Um, there, were, there were reports that the, uh, what do we call the, the Magic Keyboard that was released last last year with the with the iPad Pros, um, which, you know, it's going to set you back another $500 if you get that. Um, there, there were reports that, you know, these new generation 12.9-inch ones, the bigger ones at least, would not fit compatible, but... Uh, I do like Apple sort of came out and 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 made this very weird statement, and I'm gonna try to read this. Uh, I did put a clip. Well, I did um, put a note in Notion there, Kelvin. Um, so let me just see if I can find this. <laughs> so the first generation of the Magic Keyboard is functionally compatible with the new iPad Pro 12.9 inch, which is a fifth generation. Um, due to the slightly thicker dimensions of, of this new iPad Pro, it's possible that the Magic Keyboard may not precisely fit when closed, especially when screen protectors are applied. So about as vague as you can get. It's a yes or no uh, question. No, it's a so maybe, possibly. Possibly, maybe. They've, te- they've tested this. So what are, they, what are they afraid of, you think? I feel like it's it's a bit they trial and error. I think well that yeah. that last bit about the screen protectors. So I'm I'm guessing most iPad users have a screen protector now, and maybe for that use case, it's it's a bit iffy, and maybe it depends on the brand of screen protector. So just say it works without a screen protector. Like why go through the whole effort of maybe maybe not? You know the wind is blowing in the right direction. It might fit. It's it's. Off. I mean, yeah. I feel like this is a very unApple thing. So. I don't know. It's, 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 I think it's odd. my suspicion is when they were testing it, it failed 2% of the time. 
and they're covering their behinds just in case that 2% eventuates. Mm. And they didn't have time to work out a way to make it happen. And this is what you get. You're right. Like, this is not a polished statement. So I think they, you know, things were left on the cutting. I know, mean, it's, it's, it's either the... that or it's it's too polished, right? So like, like you know, mm-hmm. by, by committee type of thing. And maybe like there's several legal departments, you know, fighting for the right words here. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just step over that uh, and go into air tags. Actually, before we do that, I, I did have a couple of fun clips. Um, and uh, I mean, I, this, this is one of the first things I thought about too at, uh, after this event. And here is John Prosser, our favorite leaker of Apple things with this question. What if, what if the iPhone 13 had an M1 chip in it? What do you think, Kelvin? I don't see what's what's the big deal. What's the big deal? So what if they is, have an M1? Is this the M1, label? The M1 like, chip, wasn't hmm. the M1 chip just a souped up version of the A13? Well, the iPhone 12 has the A14, right? 14, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the architecture, like, I mean, I can't really talk about the architecture. I would I would say it's at least similar. And we've seen, you know, n- now that the iPad Pros have the M1 chip and even the operating system-wise, um, you know, there's a bit of a crossover between iOS and macOS. Uh, eventually, macOS might have a touchscreen. Like, I mean, that's probably for another episode. But, um, yeah, why not? Uh, you know, Apple's producing their own silicon with their own architecture, or are they using some other architecture? Maybe you, you, you could uh, clarify there if you, if you know. The, but the, the, the Apple iPhones have always used their own silicon. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, like I, the M1 chips were designed to be a lot bigger, obviously, because they have, mm. eight, they have eight cores, uh, up to eight cores for the GPU and the CPU. So that's a very, that's a very strange sort of, theory to be even discussing they're, they're both totally different use cases mm-hmm. i mean you know mobile processors are designed to be um more efficient energy efficient and obviously they're you know there's a there's a lot more technology that goes into it it's like saying you know why wouldn't you put a qualcomm triple eight into apt i feel like that is the conversation that needs to okay. happen not so much the other way around yeah it's like, well i think you yeah what if we put you, an intel like... processor in a phone <laughs> like why? Well, you knocked it on the head there. So let, let, yeah. let's get John to answer himself. I reached out to a source, the source, the good, good source, the source that has never been wrong. And I asked if this might be a thing that maybe kind of potentially might be happening. Are we getting an M1 chip in the iPhone 13? And according to them, <laughs> nope, no, not a thing. The new iPhone will ship with an A15 as expected. <laughs> I... I think we'll have a separate episode on this, but I think John is losing his marbles. He's got no eyebrows, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think he's slowly losing his edge. I, I had to unsubscribe. Uh, I just can't do it anymore. I think there's very little coming out of the rumor mill and everything is hyped up. But anyway, that's a different conversation um, for a different day. I do have a love-hate relationship with him because, yes, okay, I do have a relationship with him. I just admitted it, but um, he, he does get a few things right, but like a lot of it is kind of like you have to filter out the really crappy bad mm. humor sort of bad bad attempt at humor just like that one but um yeah i mean i 
you know, I just put that in because I actually thought, yeah, I think I think that there's a chance, but then I think you make a good point. Like, does it even matter? Like, it's things are merging anyway, so it's it's really semantics at this point. Yeah, it should be the other way around. Like, would the A15 end up in the MacBook? Yay! Hey, all yeah, okay. Hmm. Sure. Sure. Did we did we figure out figure out what the M stands for? Mac OS. Monopoly. <laughs> Uh, go to jail. Okay. Um, all right. Air tags. All right. Finally, air tags. Okay. Yeah, so for I think me, this is the highlight. Like, yes, I was just about to say. Um, mm, highlight. I mean, it, you know, it's no surprises really. Um, the biggest, you know? the biggest surprise was the five hundred dollar Hermes keychain. <laughs> well, even even that's not a really a surprise. Yeah, but, actually, uh, no, actually, you're right. I mean. You know, funnily enough, it was the thing that John Prosser leaked a few months earlier. It was the exact same renders. Uh, but here we are. This is this is the world. This is the way of the world right now. Um, I mean, no, no surprise in the functionality. Um, I do have a theory on why it kind of took so long. I, th I don't think it was a technology problem. It was more of a, well, how, how the hell do we use this thing problem um, and use case thing? So okay, we're gonna we're gonna break that down a little bit. Um, I don't know what what are your first impressions like? Were you, were you happy with it? Will you get, you know, the four pack? Um, so I use I use the tile now uh, oh, you on do. my keys, um, okay. and you know I lose them all the time, and it's an amazing function, right? Um, mm -hmm. But this will clean up the competition. Then mm. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why okay. soon, but. I think we need to go through what it is exactly. What, what are the differences then? Let's let's uh, start with that. Yeah, the the biggest difference between this and the um, the tile is it uses nearby iPhones to 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 provide its location. Um, and I think there was a really recent Marquez video where he talked about tile versus um, the Apple tags, and in a place like Sydney where it's a very the country has a very small population when you compare it to anyone else you know in my building in my apartment right now what are the chances of someone having another tile close to zero what are the chances of someone around me having an iphone almost 100 <laughs> percent so just for the functionality of putting it in my bag i lose my bag on a train someone finds it and i can actually use that proximity feature regardless of where I am, bouncing off other iPhones to give me a location, mm -hmm. that alone in itself will beat everybody else. Yeah, so I think, I mean, there's the, like, I feel like for your, you know, your house case or your set of keys, that's more for, like, where you've put it inside the house, right? Mm. Like, it's, it's kind of like if, if you left it somewhere, that's probably, like, a very rare case. So you have to rely on other people to be near with with their iPhones. So, you know, I think they're two very different use cases. Now, I think um, the other thing that they've really thought hard about and uh, they probably had, you know, these things out there um, with the employees just testing it out um, because there's there's the stuff that you don't know about. So, like, you're, you're in a apartment block. And if, if the thing is based on GPS, like someone below you would like, if, I don't know, somehow your house keys are in the apartment block um, below you. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Yeah, like in the courtyard. Well, what happens then? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it would it would so as you ping it, um, it will constantly use iPhones around it to sort of echolocate its location and you can find it. So the moment it goes out of range of Bluetooth, it starts using the other iPhones to send out its location that you can pick up via the app. But if the location is directly below you or above you, then how does it? Well, at least you know it's in a proximity near you. And then when you get into Bluetooth uh, range again, it starts showing you that funky arrow here, for example. Mm. Um, so you've got to be pretty close to actually for this, for this feature where it actually, an arrow would come up and it tells you to go left or right and how far you are for that to kick in. That's my a, understanding of Would it have like an up down direction as well as left, uh, I don't left, know. Right? I think that's mm. a very good use case. Like if I drop my keys down three floors, how does it know what the, Oh, well, I've maybe... got to go on. Yeah. I've got to go on. You've uh, accidentally put your keys in the rubbish and it's down the rubbish chute. Garbage chute. <laughs> Ooh. No? Oh, can you imagine you go into the garbage didn't, room? And it's didn't like Adam Curry do this once? I, I think I heard a story from Adam Curry so, about his hearing aids, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, it will, okay. It will only get yeah. better. And I think where I want to see this technology go is have these chips small enough to fit into your AirPods, to your MacBook, mm -hmm. to your iPad to your eye anything and then that's when it becomes the, the the big winner and i think if once these things uh get smaller as well now the downside of uh these things getting smaller and i have a feeling they've kept it at this size for a reason i, I think the technology if they just like use the technology i think they could have miniaturized it a little bit more but i think uh there's the element of like, what if uh, you put one of these tags on someone that you want to stalk, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. they've thought about that. So they have an anti-stalk feature. Um, mm. And I've got a number of clips to talk about that. Let's um, do it. So the, yeah, so the first thing is um, that they didn't touch on this on the, uh, the, the keynote as much, but um, a lot of it um, comes from what it does in terms of beeping so let me just play this one it's from macbreak weekly they're very sound focused meaning that your little thing is going to be making noise as you're trying to find it and at the same time that also means i can't hide this in someone's bag or something like that there's no way to do that because that's important be noise there was fear yeah, that people up, could uh, pop it into somebody's purse and stalk them yeah so if obviously if uh you know if if it's found, because the other feature is that it'll alert you. So you might not be connected to an AirTag, air but if someone else's AirTag is just like following you around and it's not yours, the, the phone will tell you as well as the thing beeping. Um, so Unless yeah, you have an Android know. device, you're screwed. Mm. Okay. Well, mm. I've got another clip on the Android. Um, this is somewhat related. So I, this is actually Marquez talking about... Um, you know, the use case for Android phones. If I happen to find this AirTag, I just saw it on a train or something, and I have an Android phone, I can scan this AirTag just like any other NFC tag. And it'll pop up and actually bring up a website that shows me the phone number and the message that was left on that AirTag. Then hopefully I'll call that number, maybe text you and get it back to you. I mean, so it doesn't really help you if you're being stalked, I guess. 
in that case. Yeah. But like, yeah, if that, that that use case is like, if someone with an Android finds a random Air, Air tag, it's like, well, what do I do with it? It's it's kind of like um, how you uh, you know on your airport luggage, you might find put a label your home address or your phone number. So it's it's kind of like that, right? You you find this random thing. This air tag might be attached to something else as well, and you're just a good Samaritan, and you want to contact that person. That this is how you would do with an Android phone. Yeah, um, f- yeah. And I feel like that's going to start a whole new interaction for a lot of people who aren't used to tapping their phone on objects to learn more about it. Uh, you know, I think this will help push that piece of N- NFC that is not being used mm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. The other angle about its size is the reason why it is of that size is because of the replaceable battery. It's your typical CR2032 battery that you use. Oh, that one. Yeah. I think it is. Could be wrong. Yeah, I think I I did hear that. I think it's the same one as the one you get on your Apple TV remote, which is another thing that came out. Uh, We don't need to cover that, actually. But, um, uh, okay, let's go back to the anti-stalk feature. (laughs) Um, I've got um, Dave2D talking about another use case, and I just, like, collect been collecting them uh, these things in the last couple of weeks um and i guess those are the uh, our big guys dave to the end marquez so here's uh dave with his sultry voice by having this checkpoint so that you have to get home before it does this notification oh right i, I think i was going to set this up sorry um so the other thing that they introduced um is that you know if you're being stalked um or if you have even if you have stolen something and you're a thief um, Apple have decided to not alert you straight away if some something is following you. So for the for the stalker or the store key, um, you know you, you're being stalked for a few minutes. So that that's sort of the the trade off for that. But if you're a thief, so imagine you're stealing someone's bike, and the owner has put like an air tag like at the bottom uh, below the the seat, for example, just to hide it away. But if if um, if it if the thief was alerted straight away, then they'll probably like okay, I'm gonna look for this air tag and you know chuck it so that the owner can't find the thief. But this is what um, I'll just uh, go back to the start for that clip. But um, Dave Two D will be talking about that use case by having this checkpoint so that you have to get home before it does this notification. It removes a whole bunch of false negatives, right? If you're on a public transportation anything like a plane or a train or places where there's a lot of air tags, potentially a lot of air tags, you would just get notifications like crazy. Even if you go to school, like what if there's all these kids that whose parents stuff air tags into them? Which, which is definitely going to happen. You're going to be putting air tags on your kids' school bags so you can track them. Uh, but yeah, like I guess um, people thought that there was going to be like a 20 to 30 minute delay before someone gets notified, but it's actually based on your location. So like your phone, I guess iOS devices um, knows your home location based on your contact list or I guess just from previous behavior, everything's on device. And um, it's only then it will alert you to help with these use cases. Hmm. This, this is getting me thinking. At the moment, Apple can only track one location. Mm-hmm. In the future, when you have... 12 of these it pretty much knows where your secondary metadata is so for example i put it into my kids bag so that I, if you know 
I know where my kids are. So at any one point, Google has a picture of what everyone is doing at that single point in time. It's not just about a singular device tracking this one person. It's about his or hers six sort of six degrees of separation, right? Mm-hmm. Like of connections. So at any one point, Kelvin goes to work nine to five. His wife does work from three to six. His kid goes to this school. They live in this suburb. Mm-hmm. Collectively, they do this. When they come together, they spend 20 minutes together eating ice cream. It's it's an insane amount of information, even if it's even if it's unidentifiable. Mm. Are Apple the kind of company to use that data, uh, sell to third parties, um, that sort of thing? Though, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, the rumors of an Apple ad network has been around for a while. I think they'll they'll just get better at targeting mm-hmm. me. I don't think it's going to be ads. I think it'll be products. I think it'll be, you know, other other things. I mean, don't forget, Apple has a credit card, mm-hmm. so that's another point source of information. It's just. They can collect the data now and then elegantly work in a solution that will use that data somehow, but they're going to use it somehow. Possibly not in the, the Google and Facebook way though, mm. right? So yeah, I think you're right. They, they will they will use that data. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I've drunken the Kool-Aid a bit, little bit too much, but I feel like, you know, they, they won't have these nefarious, well, like, you know, I wouldn't say face what Facebook and Google are doing on nefarious, but like that's just their business model, and you know they're kind of clear with that messaging. Apple is like they're posi- positioning themselves as a privacy first company, so I feel like there's more things they're hiding. Um, the credit card's an interesting one. Um, you know what? What if there was some sort of similar chip, like for the physical credit card, like an AirTag in a credit card? Yeah. Um, I mean, like in my mind, like they have your heart rate, they now have your location, they have mm-hmm. the location of your car, they have the location of your most prized possessions, be it keys, God knows what else you want to tag this on to, your bag. Um, and that's the other probably, scenario. Yeah, and I think, right? Yes. And I think just with the family stuff, just with all the things that they've done with the family, like the credit card is a family credit card now. So if you have a bad credit history, like none of this applies in Australia, but at least in the US, um, yeah, you can kind of like fix your partner's bad credit history by getting a a family credit card or something like that, um, which is apparently an industry first. Anyway, um, this is probably a good segue then to talk about uh, ATT, App Tracking Transparency. <laughs> uh, unless you had something else, Kelvin. No, I'm, I'm just wondering whether we have time to cover that today. Uh, but oh. we, I think we should talk about it. I think, I think, it's a, I think iOS 14.5.1 mm-hmm. uh, is probably gathering a lot of news right now. And, you know, Facebook are fighting back hard. Yeah, I mean, I do. I have three clips from the the two minute ad that they did, and I've uh, got a, I've embedded the YouTube um, in the Notion, so maybe you can just play that while we're talking about this. But um, and it's a very polished thing and very believable. Like if you're just a a lay person, not connected with the ad industry at all or in marketing in any way, 
like you'll be like oh apple i like it i like what you're doing here um now should, should i play these clips um i think this is a, a good setup and a good way to uh, pick up on you know the kind of messaging and you know the production value everything the music the tone of voice how it's said what he said it's, it's just amazing and perfect so i just wanted to set this up when you're using apps on your iPhone, you may start to see this. It's the new app tracking transparency prompt. It's a feature that gives you a choice. A choice on how apps use and share your data. Data like your age, location, health information, spending habits, and your browsing history, to name a few. Yeah, so like you said, with the new iOS 14.5, uh, which was released to the public a couple of weeks ago, um, and I mean, I actually haven't seen this in action, to be honest, but, um, yeah, you're gonna, as you, you know, interact with uh, certain apps, let's say an app that starts with F or I or W, <laughs> um, you're going to get this prompt, new prompt saying, are you okay to, you know, share this data? Um, now this data is, um, and I forget the name of the actual thing, but like, um, Apple uh, had an API, so it, it's unidentifiable. Uh, un, well, I can't say that word. Help me out. Unidentifiable. unidentifiable. <laughs> Too many bees early at trivia. Um, uh, so they give that to apps. So you know, if if you you know, one app can track this particular person to another app, for example, and that was just happening in the background, and uh, Apple had this API. Um, I guess. You know, Apple have decided to draw a sand a line in the sand, saying, "Well, no, we think the users have the right to choose to give up that data." Um, and this is what that prompt is uh, from that first clip. Um, the second one, uh, I don't know what the second one is, but here it is. But some apps have trackers embedded in them that are taking more data than they need sharing it with third parties like advertisers and data brokers. They collect thousands of pieces of information about you to create a digital profile that they sell to others. Yeah, so if you just think about what Facebook is doing, that that's really, without saying it, they're, they're kind of like telling you this is what Facebook does and this is how they make billions of dollars. So a, a, a part of this is, I think, uh, not Apple just thinking about their users, and I mean, they probably do think about the users sometimes, but I think it's more of a dig into their competitors. What do you, what do you think yeah. about that, Kelvin? Yeah. I, I think so, but also they, Apple must, I think they can, they can probably somehow see the information that's coming out of iPhones and where it's going, et cetera. And, you know, I, I like to think that, you know, Apple has a higher purpose. Right. I think just like Google did um, before the advertising business became so big for them. And maybe maybe they are, you know, trying to protect the customer. I think and I think privacy, particularly in you know the last 10 years with all that's been happening is is a big, big purchasing decision. You know, it, it's a big factor when people make these decisions about purchasing something these days and people are getting more. They're getting smarter. They're doing more research about what they're eating and, and where they're going, how it impacts the environment and their privacy. So this is a good angle for them. Mm -hmm. 
for Facebook, I think it's a double-edged sword, right? So obviously it's going to, uh, I think they quoted something like uh, they expect 40%, um, at least 40% of the, you know, uh, iPhone users to um, tap the not not allow. Actually, the next clip is going to actually talk about what that uh, message is, the two choices. But I, I do have a bit of a problem with what they're saying here. That's why iPhone users will now be asked a single, simple question. Allow apps to track you or not. All right. So this message, the prompt, as I call it, mm. is not that. I mean, the essence of it is correct. But they're, they're being very tricky about this because the two choices are ask app not to track or allow. Right, which is re actually reverse of what they just said in that clip. Yes. Yeah, because, okay, uh, yep. let me just quickly play it. Cause... That's why iPhone users will now be asked a single, simple question. Allow apps to track you or not? Yeah, so, like, the actual prompt is not that. It's ask app not to track you or allow. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It, and I, I saw a clip, uh interview of Craig Federici around why be so polite? Like, why is the prompt ask app not to, you know, not to track versus allow or disallow? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think Craig's sort of roundabout way of saying there are some things that need to that, that the app needs to track for it to work. There are some apps that just cannot function if they don't track something. So I think it's asking the app to not track certain privacy settings, mm -hmm. uh, but not all. Yeah, I think the apps uh, can put in their own message on top of that. So kind of like if you're Facebook, if you're Zuckerberg, it's like, uh, we really need to make the, you know, become a trillion dollar company by uh, capturing this data from you. So please ask us, oh, sorry, allow, <laughs> allow us to track you. Um, I don't know, whatever the message is, and you've got some examples there on the screen. Yeah, I've got it right here. So this one is strange, right? Like surely Facebook isn't, so insensitive almost it basically says that um the, this version of ios requires us us being facebook to ask for permissions to track some data from this device to improve your ads um so here are you know we we use information about activity received from other apps and websites to show you ads that are more personalized keep facebook free of charge support businesses that rely on ads to reach their customers so mm. every news outlet took this and immediately said, oh, you know, Facebook is going to and Instagram is going to start charging uh, iOS customers if they, if they don't, you know, accept cookies. And, you know, will you pay for Facebook and Instagram? So I don't think they did enough testing on these messaging because everyone's taking it the wrong way. Um, and, you know, it's it's I don't think Facebook and Instagram will ever charge uh, uh you know, for you to use as apps, but mm -hmm. it is, it is asking people to think about it. Like, you know, we've been free for a long time and you've had a lot of, you know, usage out of us. You kind of owe us. I mean, that's the way I'm seeing that, that middle mm. bullet point. Am, am I seeing this wrong? Like that's such a, it, it just is not one of the bullet points I think people would even think about when it comes to, you know, whether I should give my, my my you know my privacy to, to another company like it doesn't benefit me in any way this is all facebook 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 the other angle that facebook are kind of like 
um, going for is to protect the the small businesses that rely on the social graph and wh- whatever network they've built over the years. Um, and no, like it, it's, I mean, sure, you're not paying anything, but you are paying, you're not, you're not paying a, a fee, but you're paying a lot with your, just, just using the internet. Um, mm. All the, the footprint that you are to make as you, as you browse through the internet. Um, and one, one of those things is this, um, ID that Apple have been giving giving up in the background without anyone noticing except for the the app makers uh, that have been utilizing those APIs and yeah just being able to connect you from one app to another um, so yeah like I guess you know if given the choice you know 99.9% of the population will just say no like uh, don't 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 track me because that, uh, it's very hard for the lay person to connect what you do here with the kind of the quality of ads that you get back i think and maybe that's where facebook is coming from it's like well this this is just to give you more relevant ads doesn't everyone want that everyone's happy right i just i just i think you're right i think people will just say mm-hmm. no and no one's going to care about the quality of the ads that they get mm-hmm. um and you know businesses will just have to find other ways of reaching their audiences mm-hmm yeah, and uh, you know, interesting times because yeah, they are going to war. Um, this is just the beginning, or maybe this is a a, a second a second part of a ten part battle. Um, yeah, no, but I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of this stuff: Facebook versus Apple, Google versus Apple, Facebook versus Microsoft. All these big titans uh, in in the last eighteen months, they've they've grown like crazy. Um, and you know, everyone's kind of like eating into their lunch. So what I want to see is if, what I want to see if, is, is Android will follow down the same route. I don't think Google can afford not to. Um, so I, I think expect this to see, I probably would expect to see some sort of similar type approach in the next Android operating system update. Yes. Yes. Um, we can probably end it at that one, Kelvin. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed episode 170. Uh, it's not usually all just about apples. Um, you know, if you want to find out more, tune in the next time we have this. And the best way to do it is to check out the website. That's nakedtagpodcast.com. Um, subscribe to our podcast so that way you won't miss the next episode. You can watch us on Twitch. You can catch us on YouTube. And uh, that's Kelvin out. That's Jeff out. And by the way, Kelvin... It's not subscribe anymore. It's oh, follow, it's follow, follow podcasts. Yeah, follow. I don't know, because, man. No, <laughs> because subscribe is something else now. Oh, you pay me the money. Yeah. So a footnote to the uh, fourteen point five update is is uh, <laughs> the new podcast app, which is I guess the the most popular podcasting app. Mm. But that's the thing, though, like. Mm. Is, is the expectation that if you subscribe you get content on top of what we already have that is just exclusive to people who subscribe I think for them like subscribing to a podcast means um, you know like Netflix and uh, Disney Plus like you subscribe it's a subscription thing so you get some for a fee oh. you get some yeah so in, in the podcast 
world, I guess that just means, yeah, like additional content. So like, you know, um, different, different publications and podcasts have gotten around it by using Patreon and, you know, like there's all, all that sort of stuff and they can't use the inherent system of podcasts to do that. Now they've allowed that. Yeah. Yeah. And Apple will take 30%, I'm guessing. Yes. 30% yeah. of zero is still zero. That's right. I just, I just want to see, I just don't like, especially for us, like I don't see us start, you know, recording separate audios, separate content, uh, just for people who pay. I just, I just don't see, you know, what that would do. It just isn't what we're about. And, you know, I, I want, I much rather people pay for what they think the value is. And that's why Patreon is a possibility, but to create exclusive content and to shut up a portion of your audience is a, is a big step. Mm. But it could even be like, if you're a, you know, like a celebrity or an actor, you could just say, well, everything is paid for. So as, as a fan, you just like, well, yeah, I'll pay for anything. Yeah. 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 I, I can see so that, that could happening. be a model as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you don't worship a celebrity to that point where you're willing to pay just to watch one celebrity do something. Um, it's like watching a TV. A ho- it's like, I don't know. It's like the whole platform just for one celebrity. Mm. I, so I mean, I, I did actually, yeah. So I, um, I caught up with a friend earlier today, which I was telling you about. I won't mention the name actually. Mm. Should I? No, maybe I won't. Um, common friend. And, uh, we was like, Oh yeah. What, what podcast are you listening to? Well, what are you listening to? And, uh, we had this a little bit of a debate. It's like, well, I think this person, what you're listening to is really audible. It, I don't think that's a podcast. It's, it's more like a serialized set of episodic stories that you get week to week. But like, you know, you could also binge if you kind of wait till the end which is mm. like what I do with Audible. Yeah. So you can, I can see the subs- subscription model working for that sort of stuff. Totally. Like the, yeah. the serial podcasts, things like yeah. that, storytelling podcasts, um, Lime, Limetown. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I the think Naked Tech podcast, those... is that one of those? No? <laughs> no, I think, I think if we ever went down the hole, we'll cover only like, you know, nuclear power or cover a particular topic that we're totally passionate about. Then we could come up with something episodic, like do a Black Mirror type thing. But we would just get out productioned by the people who do Serial and the people who do Limetown and all these big hitters. They've mm. just got teams and teams and teams of people who do all the writing, the scripting, uh, and the production value would just be too high. Yeah. And, you know, um, if we get paid for just, you know, having a bit of a chat, a bit of a chin wag, then, you know, Lucky us. Uh, that, that's all we can really afford to do right now. So. And yeah. on that note, Ooh. thank you, Twitch and YouTube. Oh, bye-bye. bye-bye. That was a weird outro.